Welcome to another episode of FE Office, where we talk to people who are daring to live differently. Today we have an amazing episode with you because we're talking to Chanel Turner, a freelance writer from Atlanta who loves all things writing, tech, and yes, even taxes. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about what she wished she knew when she made that jump from a full-time job to freelancing, including how to prepare your taxes and do it the right way so you don't get hit with a penalty. Now, this is unfortunately something that we're all too familiar with, so if you're struggling with your taxes, you don't want to miss this episode. So Chanel, thank you so much for joining us today at FD Office. We're super happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this. I'm dying to know what your F the office moment was. Ooh, wow, that's a good question. I think I think it was a culmination of moments. I don't know if it was just one. I think for me, um, I love what I was doing. I was working in communications for a nonprofit. It was awesome. But I think for me, the number one thing had to be the commute. Um, it was about an hour going from my house to downtown, midtown Atlanta and traffic, as you know, here is pretty bad. And so I think just sitting in traffic, um, I think also just the wanting to have a little bit more creativity with just the flexibility of work and how I worked. And so I think it was a mixture of both of those things. Okay. Very cool. And I totally hear you about the traffic because it's never just the traffic. It's, you have priorities at home you want to relax it's the guest <laughs> right. just having more time to work I think that hour or two hours you know I could be hammering down a project or something so I, I felt like that was a really big um pull away from what I could be doing oh very good point very very good point and so I'm curious when you decided like this was your time you were going to start working online you wanted to do it on your own how did that go down how did you make that transition that's a really excellent question. I think um, I was still working full time, but I knew I wanted to transition more into freelance work. I knew the remote work job environment was very competitive. And so what I started doing was um, just kind of widening my por writing portfolio because I'm a freelance writer. So I started just taking on projects on Craigslist, Upwork, just things that were an easier barrier of entry for me. And I was doing that while I was working full time. So during that time, I was able to kind of build up clientele. So it was a smooth transition where I didn't feel like I was leaving and going to nothing and having to survive. But I had that along with some savings. Um, I am so glad that you said that. <laughs> like, so for everybody who's, who's new and who's listening, you have a, a really fantastic blog too, The Remote Work Life. Thank you. About, uh, I, I love it. The resources you post are fantastic. And you talk a lot about the real look behind remote work, which is, which is something I don't think people do enough. So thank you for giving us the real like everyday struggles as well as the everyday advantages. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. But something that just resonated with me so hardcore is that you said you didn't just take the leap. You knew you wanted it and then you built up, basically you, you found those side hustle jobs and you built up until you had a full-time clientele basically. Yes. And I just had heard so many stories of people that wanted to do that. And like the reasoning was totally understandable, but I heard about people kind of floundering a little bit because they didn't kind of prepare ahead of time. And for me, I was like, I'm too much of a worry wart person. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a cautious risk taker. And, and this was one of those moments where I was like, I, I gotta be smart about this. I love it. I think if you are transitioning to remote work, you have to be a cautious risk taker. Because you're right, you don't, you don't know until you make the leap. 
what kind of things are going to come your way when you're working on your own remotely. And part of that is finding clients. Yes. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Um, also curious because you're talking a little bit about uh, being cautious and taking this risk, but with, with some caution, is there anything that you wish somebody had said to you when you were making that jump? Ooh, I think it's funny because I don't, now that I've gone remote, I'm starting to meet all these people that are remote now. And I'm like, where were you guys when I was thinking about this? But like, I, I wish, I just wish that I had known someone that was doing it before I did it. And I think I wish that they had kind of talked to me about how big that transition was going to be. Um, going from waking up in the morning to getting your clothes on to going out to work. Like, while it may not be the most pleasurable thing in the world sometimes, it is the most, uh, kind of recognizable you're so used to doing it and it becomes a routine and I think transitioning from that to something completely different I don't think I was ready for the um kind of uh shock of what that would feel like and how different it would be so I think if I had known that ahead of time I kind of could have given myself some time to kind of breathe a little bit and say this is normal to feel like you're um kind of a fish out of water in the beginning oh, I was just thinking of that exact same saying fish out of water yep. I totally get it <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned something uh, earlier, this notion of once you're on your own, you now have to do all the things like, sure, you have to set a new routine for yourself, but you also have to handle all your taxes. And I'm really, really keen to dig into that with you, too, because I think that's a big thing that freelancers struggle with. And I think it's a thing that the FD office you know, audience struggles with a lot is that you've got to handle your own quarterly taxes, something that I struggled with. Yeah. And it was something too that I was like, what? Like, what does all this mean? And I think um, I will definitely, I just want to shout out you all's platform because it's amazing. It's awesome. And it gives such real, just actionable, just kind of uh, tips for navigating freelance. And I actually looked at you all's blog. You guys had an article about um, kind of those incremental estimate, estimated payments throughout the year that for the, the magic dates of the year that you need to pay your taxes. And like that, I had already done some research for that confirmed and added more information to what I knew. And so I just want to shout you guys out because you guys are excellent and awesome for sharing that information. That um, is so sweet of you, audience. We are not asking her to do that shout out. <laughs> That's really sweet of you. I have to do it because you guys are awesome. Um, I had a friend that um, she didn't do that. She was a contractor and she did not do that. And then she got a penalty at the end of the year and she told me about that. And I was like, okay, let me make sure that all my data is uh, together. So I went to the irs.gov website, which is difficult and challenging to navigate, but they do have a lot of helpful information. Um, I called some of the IRS people there. Um, it may seem scary, but they're really awesome and very helpful. And they laid out stuff for me, state government. I called some of the Georgia state people just to get clear on what I needed to do. And it really helped me to set myself up throughout the, throughout the year of what I needed to save, how much I should save. Um, I have a separate tax account that I put my money in every time I get paid. And it helps me keep things organized. I just need to bow down to you for taking those actionable steps. The fact that you called the IRS and you called the state government, because it is scary. The IRS website is robust, but it's overwhelming. So much information. Start. <laughs> the search bar does work. Um, and that information came up. So that part was really helpful. 
That's really, really cool. And that's a really good tip for anybody listening who's also in that boat of like, I'm overwhelmed. The verbiage is overwhelming. I don't know where to start. So I, I love that. I think that's an awesome tip. Thank you. Um, and also that's something that we struggled with too. So I just, when we started F the office, my, uh, my father is an accountant and I'm sure if he was listening to this, he would be crying helplessly because uh, he actually said to me, our first or second year in business, he said like, oh, how's your estimated taxes going? And I was like, I don't think we have to pay those. <laughs> and we sure, we sure did. And we also got hit with a penalty. So it's just one of those things that I think it's something that freelancers are not talking about enough. Right. Right. And it's not the most glamorous thing to talk about. So like, I totally understand why people don't want to, but and like you said, in the end, it's really going to help you with your heartache. Yeah, totally. Um, so in addition to you calling some people in the IRS, is there anything you would suggest that people do like when they're starting their journey, especially when it comes to taxes? I definitely think I actually saw a tip and I can't remember who it was. I wish I remember who it was. If I do, I will definitely uh, send that information to you. But um, a woman said uh, she was also a freelance writer and she just got an Excel spreadsheet. And every time she got paid, she would take out the tax expense and she would just kind of monitor throughout the month you know because we always don't always get paid like bi-weekly and it's not always neat but to keep track of that she would track her tax expense in relation to her income all the time and that helped her be able to go back throughout the year and just make sure that she could match everything up at the end and so that's something that i've started doing and it's really helped take away a lot of the stress oh that's smart i bet that's so much easier at the end of the year too when you have to like really get everything together smart yeah really helped out. Very. <laughs> well, and there's something too that I know, I know we like to recommend and I, and you know, it's, it's, it's not like an easy tip and it's not something that I think is accessible for everybody. And it wasn't until in our maybe fourth or fifth year in business that we finally found an accountant. And now that we have one that we like, and it's an accountant that is comfortable with us working virtually because we never you know she's in new orleans we're not often there and we never see her <laughs> but but this woman is like worth her weight in gold just because she's able to help us really get our stuff together and you know help us with deductions um do you have an accountant yourself or is it something that you think you want to work with i do not but i definitely think that's something in the future that i would like to do i have a uh, right now i use TurkTax, which helps a little bit but um, I definitely feel that in the future, um, I would definitely want to put that in the budget as well. Cause it is, I have a friend that has an accountant that's also doing freelance writing and she talks about like how easier it is on her. So no, I definitely recommend that. And I think that's something I would like to do. Is there anything that you, you love about working remotely? And is there anything that you maybe wish was different? Uh, the love part would definitely just be the flexibility, and I know a lot of people say that, but just the freedom to, um, if I want to work, if I want to go to Chattanooga just to get a different headspace going on, I can take my work there. Um, if I want to work a little bit extra, you know, I can, there's just freedom to make the work schedule work for me. Um, as far as not so love, I definitely think figuring out the whole isolation piece. Um, mm -hmm. Not that, I mean, I have, I tried to make a point to get together with friends that also work remotely so we can work remote together. But everyone's schedules are crazy. So I definitely think, <laughs> right, I think figuring out that piece of um, 
co-working, like, like we talked about earlier, co-working spaces or uh, places like the Freelancers Union and stuff like that of coming mm -hmm. up with, with uh, groups and meeting up with groups that are also doing it on a more regular routine basis. I love that. I love that. And actually something you said, maybe you can give me some tips and advice because um, something I'm even struggling with is how to find that balance and flexibility. I have a very bad habit of telling myself that I need to be tethered to my laptop all the time. Yes. So I'm wondering how you, how do you deal with that? Like I just need to tell myself, get the F off your laptop, stop working, put in a 12 hour day. Like I definitely struggle with that balance. So I'm wondering, do you have any tips for me for how you handle that flexibility? Sure. And, um, and the reason why I reacted the way I did, because I had an issue with that with my phone. Um, <laughs> and my smartphone and, and just having the email notifications always up. And so uh, what I did was I turned them off and I have a set time during the day that I check them to see if, you know, I've got any new emails from clients or anything. I think what's helped me out is just having a, and I've heard other people do this too. They have like a dedicated space where they work. And like, once they leave that space, like the mental turnoff happens of like, this is my workspace. Once five hits or four thirty or whatever it is, I'm done. Um, and it mentally helps to switch it off once I leave this desk or office. That um, does make sense. And I think too, just, I think the mental health side of it as well, of just knowing and just the self care side of it, knowing that to be my best, um, I have to take time to recharge this for my clients and for me and for everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, that strikes a chord deep because I think burnout is a real thing that a lot of freelancers deal with and it can ebb and flow and there might be times that you feel awesome and there might be times that you're like, I can't take this anymore. I'm so frustrated. But like you said, taking care of yourself so you can take better care of your clients, it's huge. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And that's, that's helped me a lot um, just to realize like I have to be good to myself to be better for everybody else. Thank you for your tip about turning your notifications off because I have a really hard time pulling myself away. Right. It's after years. <laughs> and it's good to know that like even after like five years or four years of doing this, it's still difficult. There's still some things that you still like. There, it'll always be like a battle or struggle, you know? It'll always be a struggle. Kind of like how we were just talking about even though we've been freelancing for so long, we still have this notion of like, it's Monday. And I feel, I feel that Sunday stress before a Monday for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. I thought I was like the only one that was like, it's late Sunday night. And I'm like, I still feel weird. Yeah. It would be different. And it's not. I did too. I really did. Because I thought if I'm out of an office and working for myself, I'll have, I'll get rid of this Monday through Friday and I'm working for the weekend type of thing. But uh, maybe it's because our clients still work a, a traditional Monday through Friday. I, I was just thinking about that. They still do. And so you still kind of are part of that cycle a little bit because that's just like how things are set up. But no, you're right. I still feel that. I still feel the Friday like, yeah, it's almost Saturday. Like, it, it's weird. The same things I used to feel, I still do. Yep. Yep, I do too. And I don't have a solution for how to change that quite yet. <laughs> I'm fresh out of ideas on that. <laughs> but if you come up with anything, let me know. I hope you put it on your blog. I'll be looking for it. And yeah, it's, it's the same. <laughs> uh, so while we try to get out of this Monday through Friday mentality, I'm just curious, um, what three tools can't you live and function without? So you're a writer. I'm curious to see what kind of tools that you use 
for your writing career? Yes. Well, definitely Asana. Um, it's like my favorite project management tool. It's just so easy to jump into and use. I was like an agenda writing things down person. And I was like, Chanel, this is not effective right now. <laughs> Um, when you need to change things up and it took a while to transition but I do see the benefits of it so definitely Asana um, Grammarly as a writer I need some really amazing editing software and it does the trick um, and it's also it also teaches you things which is really good like I feel like I've become a better writer by using it oh so, I like that yeah Grammarly is great um, and definitely like just the Google suite in general. So like Google Docs, Google Calendar. Um, I have a Droid phone. Um, and sorry to all the iPhone people out there. I was iPhone forever and then just recently made the switch. Um, but it's well, I can't believe I forgot to ask you that. And you're, that's like a hot debate when I ask people that in the lightning round. <laughs> and they both have their pros and cons. I love iPhones. It is nothing against them. I just got a Droid because it's cheaper. Um, <laughs> so the photo I got is a little cheaper. And um, the calendar, it just syncs up so nicely with my phone and my email. And it just, uh, Google just syncs very well with all of that. So since I use yeah. Gmail anyway, having a Droid has definitely been like helpful to keep up with everything. Oh, nice. You know, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. The Google products sync up really, really well together. They do. They do. Yeah. For anybody else thinking about making the transition, that is such a good point. <laughs> All right. Well, Chanel, I can't thank you enough for joining us on our podcast episode. No problem. I'm so excited to do this. This was so much fun and um, I love what you guys do and I'm just happy to be a part of it. It is so, so mutual. It is such mutual love. And uh, tell everybody in our audience who's listening where we can find you online. Sure. I am, ooh, let me think of my tags. Um, I'm on Twitter at Chanel underscore T-R-W-L. Um, I'm also on Instagram with the same tag. And um, you can also just find me on the remoteworklife.com. I love it. And definitely, audience, check out remoteworklife.com because it is seriously chock full of the most valuable tips and resources and interesting interviews. So I can't recommend it enough. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this particular episode. We hope you loved it and found some value. If you did enjoy our conversation with Chanel, don't forget to follow her on social media. You can find her at theremoteworklife.com. And if you're curious about those three tools that she mentioned between Asana and Grammarly and Google Suites, our subscribers at FD Office actually have access to a live document where we list all the tools that our interviewees mention. Right now, we've got a couple hundred tools that people swear by for remote work and freelancing. So if this is something that you're looking for, don't forget to subscribe at fdoffice.com. Thank you guys again, and I'll see you on the next episode.